Welcome to the Profit Podcast, everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long, with your host, Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. How is it going? We've got a week of preseason football in the books. We've got a lot of reactions to that. A few players that I want to touch on. Uh, we've got ADPs rising. We've got ADPs plummeting because people generally tend to overreact to preseason football because we've we've been we've been thirsting. We've been craving some football for so long, and we finally see these guys that we've been predicting and analyzing for for months. We finally see them out on the field in action. And it can be very, very emotional. But we've got to talk about uh, some of the the issues in the fantasy football community when it comes to overreacting to to preseason football. So there are a few players that I really want to touch on, and then a few more sleepers that I forgot to mention in the uh, in the, the the last podcast, the sleeper podcast I did that I wanted to quickly touch on. Uh, so so first, right off the bat, I want to say. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Jordan Love, and uh, Trevor Lawrence, and Zach Wilson. I thought they all looked really, really good. I thought they looked great last uh, last weekend. Eh. They, they, they did what they needed to do. They had some great throws. Yeah, they had some mistakes. But overall, I thought they played really well. I'm not ready to crown them all the next Patrick Mahomes. I'm not ready to say they're busts. I thought they, 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 they played very well in their debuts. Next, Tua turned the ball over, but before that pick, he looked really sharp. Um, he's he's shown what we we know of Tua is that he doesn't have the the strongest arm. Uh, he doesn't have as much zip on passes as other quarterbacks. And while that's uh, not really a positive, if he can learn to play with that kind of that weakness, I think he'll be really good this season. I think he'll be really good this season when he knows the play he can make and he makes those plays. I think he'll be very fantasy relevant as long as he doesn't try to make too many throws that require the the elite arm strength. Uh, I think he'll be fine. I think his learning still what throws he can get away with, how fast the defenders are in the NFL. So I'm not too worried about that interception because prior to that, he was looking pretty darn sharp. All right, the main the main guy we got to talk about, actually, there, there are two, wait, three. All right, we're just going to go through this. <laughs> Najee Harris. I want to discuss Najee Harris. He might appear on my bust podcast because people are very high on Najee Harris. And I am not very high on Najee Harris. I will be the first to admit the talent is there. The talent is amazing. And the opportunity is there. He will see a ton of volume both on the uh, through the passing game and on the ground. He will be the bell cow workhorse running back. And when that workhorse role meets talent, historically speaking, good things happen. Not just good things, great things happen. But we got to touch on the fact that the offensive line is terrible and the Steelers' offense might not have a lot of scoring opportunities. We got to throw that out there. We just got to we just gotta t- touch on that. We can't ignore that fact. The offensive line is bad. If you watch, he's now played in two preseason games. He's, he's, he's consistently 
met behind the line by two or three defenders, and he's good enough that he escapes a lot of them, and he'll manage to get three yards. But it reminds me of when we watched Joe Mix in the past few years, where you go, my goodness, that was one of the best two-yard runs I've ever seen. You know, he's running around, making people miss. He breaks a tackle, and he picks up three yards. It doesn't always lead to prolific fantasy scoring. And if this offensive line doesn't get much better, and if this offense with Big Ben isn't creating big plays to take the pressure off of Najee Harris and the offensive line, then I don't see him being top 12 this season. I, I, I There is still potential, but... I see him much more in the 15 to 18 range, kind of like Josh Jacobs' rookie season, a little bit like that. So uh, my feelings on Najee Harris depend entirely on where he's being drafted. If he's being drafted above Antonio Gibson, I don't want any of him. If he's being drafted after Antonio Gibson, then I'll take him. That's really the benchmark. I like Mixon. I like Eckler. I like Aaron Jones, Zeke, Chubb, Taylor, Barkley, Henry, Kamara, Cook, and McCaffrey. I like them all more than I like Harris. And I like Antonio Gibson more than I like Najee Harris. So for me right now, he's ranked... Uh, I like David Montgomery a little bit more too. So I've got him right at about RB17 range. Because I, I have Swift a little bit above him, and, and I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a little bit above him. So he's ranked as the 16th, 17th running back for me right now, and he's generally being drafted to be top 12. If, if you're drafting him 15 to 20 range, I like him a lot. Very, very good RB2. I don't really see the RB1 uh, season for Harris happening this season. I just don't think that offense is suited for it. Uh, that doesn't mean he'll be bad, but temper the expectations for Najee Harris. Another guy we got to mention, preseason really, really struck this guy down, Miles Gaskin. His ADP has fallen so far. My goodness. Last I saw, he was going late fourth, late fourth with Daryl Henderson and Travis Etienne. Now he's going middle to late fifth round. Fifth round? He's going with, with Mike Davis, and he's going late now. And he's turning in slowly. He is turning into one of the biggest sleepers of the season because they've come out and they said, we're going to run a three-RB a three RB committee. We're going to use uh, Malcolm Brown. We're going to use... Um, uh, who, are the even, who, are, who are the other players on this Dolphins running back depth chart? Uh, Salvin Ahmed. Uh, they're going to use Miles Gaskin. They're going to use three running backs, which that sends fantasy owners running to the hills screaming. That's one of the worst things we can imagine. But I'm here to tell you, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't think it will happen. <laughs> and here's why. Because Malcolm Brown is not a good football player. Malcolm Brown ran the ball nine times, which led the backfield in this preseason game against the Bears. He ran in nine times for eight yards. He had less than one yard per carry. And throughout his career, Malcolm Brown has never really done anything at all. He's never been a, a, a he's never been 
<laughs> a running back who started really. And now we're saying we're going to take the the Miles Gaskin, who was the best offensive player on the Miami Dolphins in 2020, and we're not going to give him the ball because we've got this veteran Malcolm Brown, who's who on a career averages four yards per carry. No, I don't buy it. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, how many how many receptions did he have in 2019? He had two. 2018, five. 2017, nine. Most receptions he's had in the season was 23. I don't believe that Malcolm Brown is going to be a factor in this Miami Dolphins offense. Maybe week one, maybe week two, they try this three this three running back committee where they're throwing uh, Malcolm Brown in there half the, half the snaps, and then he's going to average one yard a carry against the Patriots, and he's going to go into the Bills and average 1.5 yards a carry, and they're going to say, nope, okay, we're going to Miles Gaskin. That's what's going to happen. If there's another running back who's going to command a significant amount of touches, it's Selvin Ahmed because Selvin Ahmed doesn't suck. He's not as good as Miles Gaskin, I don't think, but he's not as bad as Malcolm Brown. So Malcolm Brown is not going to be a factor in this offense as long as people keep believing that he will be and it's going to be a true three a three running back committee. Miles Gaskin's ADP is continuing to plummet. Now at the middle of the fifth round, I could see it ending up near the sixth round, making him one of the best values this season. He is the closest thing to Austin Eckler that exists in this world. Austin Eckler isn't comparable to Christian McCaffrey. Austin Eckler is in his own weird little world of a wide receiver running back uh, who's <laughs> not Christian McCaffrey. It's a different type of player. Uh, and and Miles Gaskin is that. So when you've got someone as multi-talented and multi-dimensional as Miles Gaskin, then you've got someone as bad and one-dimensional as Malcolm Brown, I don't buy that that it's going to be a three-running three, three running back committee. I think Miles Gaskin will be the lead running back, and he'll see enough passing volume that he'll be serviceable as a RB2 with RB1 upside if Salvin Ahmed and Malcolm Brown are not involved at all. That is how I'm seeing Miles uh, Gaskin right now. The next one we've got to talk about is Travis Etienne. Oh boy. Oh my goodness. They have the rookie phenon, uh, undrafted free agent. One of the best stories in the NFL. He ran for over a thousand yards. James Robinson. He made the top 100 player list. And then they draft in the first round the, the big play guy, the one who's famous for making people miss in the open field. He he led the league in yards after uh, yards after contact. He was great. He was one of the best college running backs we've seen in a long time. They draft him in the first round. Hold your horses. Hold your horses. These guys are going to be fantasy irrelevant because Carlos Hyde is apparently going to be heavily involved in this Jaguars offense. No, he's not. You know why? Because Carlos Hyde isn't a very good running back. Carlos Hyde is a worse version of James Robinson. He's an old, worse version of of James Robinson. He's been in the league four, five, six, seven, eight years. He has never, he's only had one season with a thousand yards. Uh, he's routinely averaged three yards a carry during seasons. He's not a good running back at this point in his career. He's wildly inefficient. And for me to believe that he is somehow gonna carve out a role when you've got James Robinson, Travis Etienne. It's hilarious to me. It's it's one of 
the dumbest storylines of the fantasy uh, season so far. Travis Etienne, though, he's fallen. He was going 405, 408, and he's now 411. He's end of the fourth, early fifth round, which is great. I love watching Travis Etienne's ADP fall. I want it to fall back to the eighth round where it was a few months ago with Trey Sermon. I don't think that's going to happen, but he he's going to slip, I think, into the fifth round if he goes another preseason game without many runs. And he was on the field. Uh, what was it? The snap counts. So Trevor Lawrence played 15 snaps Saturday. This is uh, Adam Levitan uh, from Twitter. RB snaps during these 15 snaps of Trevor Lawrence. James Robinson, seven. Travis Etienne, five. Carlos Hyde, three. That's pretty even split. Third down running back snaps. James Robinson, two. Etienne, one. Carlos Hyde, one. Um, That's not that crazy. I think Carlos Hyde won't really be there. They're not trying to overwork Robinson and Etienne. So, yep, Robinson will be uh, will have more rushing uh, attempts early on, and Etienne will be as a receiver. Uh, newsflash, that's what we've been saying since he got drafted in May or April, I guess, even longer. That's what we've been saying. But no, it's now a big, bold story. I never said Etienne will be the lead running back week one. If you thought that, you were delusional. I still think my my uh, take on Travis Etienne, I stand by every word of it that I said. He'll, he'll, by the end of the season, be the lead running back here. And early on, he's lethal enough as a pass catcher that he will command a significant workload. And Carlos Hyde isn't taking anything from Travis Etienne. If Carlos Hyde is on the field, he's taking snaps and carries away from James Robinson, not Etienne. Carlos Hyde and Etienne do not correlate different players, different style of players. They don't, their snaps are not the same. No one's stealing in that, in that relationship. All righty. All righty. Who's next? Michael Carter, Trey Sermon. They're staying, they're staying mid eighth round. That's good. I like to see those guys not rising too high. And if they make it to the seventh, I'm staying away a bit, but where they are in the eighth makes me very happy. Are there any big storylines apart from this? LaVisca Chenault, his stock is rising because he looks phenomenal. He looked great out there. And he he showed what we've been seeing all offseason from reports that, hey, he's he might be the bona fide wide receiver one in this offense. He's a playmaker. He makes people miss. He can take a screen, make 10 people miss, and then take it to the house. He's that type of player. And we saw some of that talent shine through last season. And we saw it last uh, in, in this uh, preseason game. But no, because the highlight play was Marvin Jones. So obviously Marvin Jones is the wide receiver one. So LaVisca Chenault Jr., his ADP is falling to the end of the eighth, early ninth round now with William Fuller and Antonio Brown and other people who are injured and suspended. So LaVisca Chenault is officially one of the best sleepers at the wide receiver position for 2021 because people overreacted to one highlight play of Marvin Jones. Where is Marvin Jones now? His ADP is soaring. I mean, soaring from the abyss, so it's still pretty, pretty darn low. Uh, he's 14th round, but it's gone up substantially from where he was previously undrafted. All right, so so we we covered ETN, we covered Miles Gaskin, I just covered Lavisca Chenault. I'm trying to rush through this. Uh, Amon Saint Saint Brown, Amon Ross Saint Brown. Um, <laughs> sorry for butchering the name. He's the guy in Detroit. Take that as you will. I don't know if the guy in Detroit is someone who will 
provide prolific fantasy production. But if you want someone from Detroit who will be better than the other people in Detroit, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. I really like Rondale Moore. I talked about him in the Sleeper podcast, I think. Um, or I wrote an article about him. I'll just read off of that uh, because why not read what I already said? Rondell Moore. All right, here's my little article. Moore was phenomenal during his days at Purdue. He's one of the fastest receivers in the league, and he had an amazing training camp so far. He has a 42-inch vertical, and he's got great route-running abilities. The main reason he's being underhyped is that Purdue's quarterback situation was pretty bad. With Kyler Murray at quarterback, Moore will prove that he's more than a gadget player, and without defenses focusing on him, he'll have a lot of one-on-one opportunities to make plays. Moore will probably be the main slot receiver in Arizona this season and should be stashed on all benches. And we saw a lot of flashes of this great talent during that preseason game, backing up that article that was written. All right, the next one that I wanted to mention, Brian Edwards. His ADP is currently non-existent. I'm just going to read off the article I wrote. Derek Carr favors tall, physical jump ball receivers. While Henry Ruggs is a great talent, Carr could possibly focus on Edwards more than Ruggs. The large, the large catch radius of Edwards will allow for a great margin of error when Carr throws. Uh, parentheses, something Derek Carr desperately needs. And parentheses. We've seen Carr support big receivers such as Darren Waller and Amari Cooper. And Brian Edwards is going undrafted in a lot of the leagues. And that should change. Alrighty, that's the only other real one that I wanted to mention. We've already talked about Brandon Ayuk on the TikTok. I think he's going to be great. We already talked about Odell Beckham Jr. So yeah, those are the main takeaways, the main sleepers that I had forgotten, and the main storylines, the overreactions from preseason football. Uh, Don't let a one game of preseason football change how you view someone that you've been thinking about and analyzing for the past four or five months. All right. And also, Antonio Gibson, officially profit-proofed. Just throwing that out there once again, two years in a row. I saw a report that said today they want to make Antonio Gibson have a role similar to Christian McCaffrey. Well, I don't believe he'll have as much work in this offense. That is the type of player he is. He was a wide receiver in college, and he turned running back and was phenomenal. So as soon as he gets more receptions, more targets, more opportunities in the open field, Antonio Gibson will have an opportunity to be a top five running back if he stays healthy. All righty. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Profit Podcast. Try to get you in and out with as much information as I could in, a, in an appropriate amount of time. I know you all are busy. If you wouldn't mind, go drop a five-star review on the podcast on Apple. It really helps with the search results. It helps me get up there in the fantasy sports rankings on podcast sites. And as always, thank you to our sponsor, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is one of my favorite, actually, it is my favorite DFS platform. On Prize Picks, you bet the old over and the under on individual stats or fantasy scores of NFL players. So you can bet, hey, Nick Chubb, 87 yards, he can get that. And you can bet over 87 yards. And when you win, you make money, actual money, not fantasy money, no real money. And right now, PrizePix is going to match your initial deposit up to $100. They're going to match it 100% when you use promo code PROFIT and you will automatically be entered to win a Jalen Hurts autographed full-size helmet. It doesn't get much better than that. So thank you all, and I will see you next time.